Welcome to Victory Christian Center. You're about to hear from our senior pastor, Pastor Stefan Schlugel, as he brings a message on a Sunday service. His message is the same as last week. It's divine healing in God's covenant. Uh, divine healing in God's covenant. Today is the second message. Uh, last week we talked about uh, you know, communion and covenant and so forth. And it, by the way, if you missed last week's message, I would encourage you to get to it. Uh, it is available on uh, various platforms, uh, more notably on, uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, um, obviously a video, and then it, it is available on Spotify as well. Uh, just jump on our website and then you'll find your way through there. Uh, the subtitle of this morning's message is Forget Not All His Benefits. Forget Not All His Benefits. Say that with me. Forget Not All His Benefits. For those of you that know your, the Bible in the book of Psalms, you know that somewhere we're going to end up in Psalm 103 today because that's where that phrase is from. But uh, we are speaking uh, about divine healing, uh, what we sometimes call bodily healing, because we don't want to spiritualize healing and sort of always push it off into just the spiritual realm and leave the natural realm uh, out of it. You see, God is interested in every part of us. God is interested in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. God is interested in all the affairs in our lives. God is interested in the finances. God is interested in family. God is interested in everything, and he wants to help us on all fronts. So we're speaking about healing. Um, and uh, I believe that God wants us to uh, take our faith level uh, to a new level today. As a quick aside, everybody knows that most people are wonderful people. Most medical, uh, medically trained people are wonderful people, um, want to help people, but they are limited in what they're able to do. Uh, but God is unlimited, you see. Power of God is unlimited. Uh, the power of various medications, what have, has, has its limits, but God is unlimited. Uh, as an aside, of course, we know that uh, for anybody that's, that's been watching things, development, you know, in, in, in our country, the health system is actually broken. Um, it's not working too well. Uh, it's, it's failing, um, and it's failing people and so forth, but God's never failing. God is always there, all right? And I really do believe that uh, the days to develop our faith in the area of divine healing uh, have, have never been sort of more, this has never been more important in living memory is what it is today. So I'm just trying to encourage you that we take this thing seriously. Um, and, uh, you know, the Bible uh, tells us that faith comes by hearing. That's why we always go back to the word. We don't start with the symptoms or with the problem. We start with the word. All right. And, uh, so as Bible-believing Christians, and I'm really just repeating what we've already said, but as Bible-believing Christians, we believe in the full redemptive acts of Jesus Christ that he achieved uh, through his uh, suffering, through his sacrificial suffering and his atoning death on the cross. Um, and everything that Jesus has done uh, is now uh, available to us today. You see, we said that God... Um, establishes covenants uh, with people. God is a covenant-making God, and a covenant is the strongest binding agreement that is known to men. Um, it is not a contract. It is, it is much stronger than that, and, and covenants are typically ratified uh, with blood. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, the whole teaching around the area of blood covenant is very important, and we touched on some of that last week. But what God does do is the reason why he establishes covenants with us, he enshrines certain blessings um, and things within the, 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 the context of the covenant 
so that you and I can have faith, we can have certainty, we can have confidence that God will make good his, his end of the, of the bargain as far as covenants are concerned. Uh, and so that's why we're speaking about divine healing um, from a covenant perspective. Uh, if we were to speak from a uh, if we were to speak about divine healing from a, an experience perspective, uh, we would say, okay, well, somebody over here uh, asked God to heal them, and they got healed, and somebody else over here got, asked God to heal them, God did not heal them, so therefore uh, the, 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 the natural uh, argument would be that God does not heal everybody. All right, but we start with the Word. And as far as God is concerned, healing was an accomplished fact 2,000 years ago, when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he paid for the whole deal, all right? In God's mind, everybody's healed. Now, God's obviously, you know, not, uh, not ignorant concerning conditions and things that are going on, but this is the starting point, all right, that we start with the word uh, that healing is available for everybody. God is not discriminating against one or against another. If, if we're in covenant with God, healing is available. And as we will find out later on, that even people that are outside the covenant, healing is still available because God wants everybody healed, all right? That is the starting point for us. Um, and so we said that God does not uh, um, uh, heal people randomly. He heals people according to his covenant benefits and his covenant promises. And we need to know what they are. All right. Anybody that's ever had an insurance policy, uh, it's good to know what the benefits are of that insurance. All right. Uh, and uh, and uh, whenever there is a, a need, you know, you need to make a claim on that insurance. And so it is. We, we, we haven't got an insurance with God. We've got a covenant and their benefits. And when we have a need, we go to God on the basis of that covenant. Now, this morning, I want to uh, look at a couple of uh, uh, verses, a couple of passages of Scripture uh, in one instance. Uh, uh, there's a woman that got healed uh, and she had a covenant with God. In another instance, a woman got healed, she did not have a covenant with God. And so we want to work our way through that and then towards the end I want to make a few summary statements and then we again want to open things up and anybody that needs uh, prayer for healing this morning, we want to just uh, you know, let that happen because God wants you healed today. Alright, so number one, God heals a covenant woman. I want to swing into Luke chapter 13. The scripture is in your outline. Uh, it's also on the screen behind me here. We read from verse 10. It says that Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately Immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I'm always encouraged when I read this passage of Scripture, always very encouraged. Uh, uh, and uh, what's interesting to note here is that Jesus was teaching uh, in one of their synagogues, uh, and he interrupted his own teaching session to call a woman over to bring healing into her life. He called her. She didn't call him. He called her. All right? And, uh, and the Bible describes what her issue was, uh, 
Her issue was that she was bent over uh, and she could not raise herself up. And immediately comes to mind, when I grew up uh, as, a, as a young boy in our family home, uh, every Sunday and sometimes during the week, we had one of our neighbors that lived behind us, away from town. We were about two kilometers out of town in a, in a farming area, and then there was further farms behind us. Uh, and uh, a lady that lived in one of the farms away from town, probably three, four, five kilometers away from town, every Sunday she would walk past and go to church, and then after church she would come home again. And depending on the timing, because we also went to church, we either just saw her coming or going and, and so forth, and sometimes during the week, and I remember specifically, if you looked at her, and you, you know, it reminds you of a right angle, you know, a right angle, 45 degrees, she was walking like this, she was bowed over like about yay, and that's how she walked along. And the amazing thing was that when she walked past our house, she would turn her head, she could not raise herself up, she would turn her head, she was always friendly, she would say hello, and then she would carry on her way. Uh, and when I read that passage of Scripture, that's exactly what comes to mind. She was bent over. This woman here was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Now, what's interesting here is as we look at the Bible, you know, today people would say that this woman had a severe back problem, but the Bible says she had a spirit of infirmity. All right, what's a spirit of infirmity? It's an evil spirit that makes people sick uh, and uh, that keeps people sick. All right, there are various, this is not a, a, a teaching on demonology, but in very simple terms, you know, there are lying spirits that make people lie. There's uh, unclean spirits, there are usually sexual devils, and then there is a spirit of infirmity. It makes, makes people sick, and there's multiple other, you know, they're all evil spirits, but they specialize in a certain area. Now, that demon specialized in the area of make, making people sick. Uh, so she was unwell. Uh, and Jesus called her over and he said to her, woman, he said, you are loosed from your infirmity. Um, and, uh, and everything that we're reading here is not necessarily the, the, the full conversation that went on when Jesus engaged with her and he called her over. He said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And my sense will be, and uh, this is not something that uh, thus says the Lord, this is just a sense that I'm having in my spirit. I could be right, I could be wrong. I think that Jesus, uh, when he spoke to her, he said that with some authority, he says, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. All right, and whether he specifically cast the devil out at that point or whether the demon just left her when, when he heard Jesus speak and, and calling her and declaring her loosed from her infirmity, whatever happened uh, or however it happened, the Bible says as he called her over, he spoke over her and then he laid his hands on her. Um, and the Bible says that immediately she was made straight. All right. Now, what a day that was for her. A woman that had been bent over for 18 years in probably, uh, in probably a right angle sort of a scenario as uh, the woman that I just described when I grew up. And now after 18 years, she raised herself up and uh, the Bible says she glorified God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's like it, she, glory, she was just like, what a day for that woman. And she went to church on that day, not thinking much about, uh, you know, probably like that woman that I described that walked past our house, just went to church and came home again. But what always struck me, she was always very friendly and always very happy despite her condition, which would have been 
extremely debilitating and extremely limiting, she was still a happy woman. Anyway, this woman here, uh, who had that spirit of infirmity, went to church. Uh, she was doubled over when she went to church, and she went home straight. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. And uh, she wasn't asking God for anything. It was Jesus that interrupted his preaching services. This woman, he says, come over here. Uh, and he called her to himself. Uh, and what's interesting is when she got healed, she glorified God. And verse 17 tells us that the multitude, the people that were there, they were glorifying God. Everybody was amazed except one guy. Now here, it carries on here in uh, verse 14. It says, but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. A ruler, a leader of the synagogue um, uh, would have been some sort of a uh, religious leader, could have been a Pharisee, could have been a Sadducee, uh, could have, somehow he was leading, uh, he was a leading religious man, and they typically, they were dressed in special clothing, um, they used religious language, uh, they, were, they were a sort of a, a specific group of people. When everybody else was thrilled that a woman got healed, the woman herself was thrilled, this guy, the Bible says, um, answered with indignation. Um, and Jesus, uh, is, is rather, because Jesus healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd, there are six days on which man ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. All right? And the Lord answered him and said, hypocrite. All right? He bailed him right up. He says, you hypocrite. He says, uh, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the store, meaning from the stable, and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, uh, whom Satan has bound, think of it, he said, for 18 years, he says, ought she not to be loosed on the Sabbath? And when he had said these things, all the adversaries were put to shame. So there was more there. There was not just the, the ruler of the synagogue. There were others there, you know, the religious folk. Um, and uh, and uh, he had put him to shame. And all, all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Now, the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. He was... He was he, 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 well, he was, uh, one translation says he was very displeased at what had just happened. Um, you see, religion wants to keep people in bondage, but true Christianity sets people free. Jesus says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. This guy, the ruler of the synagogue, wasn't preaching truth because he liked people in bondage. He didn't like them free. Uh, you see, the devil also, because that's where ultimately all of that comes from, all of that religiousness, all of that religious thinking, it comes from the devil. It is a counterfeit of true Christianity. The devil, we can say, gets displeased when people get healed because the devil is making every effort to get into people's lives uh, and make make them sick and then try to keep them as sick as what he can, as long as he can. But when somebody gets healed, he is displeased. This ruler of the synagogue, one translation says, he was sorely displeased. So that just boggles the mind. All right. This guy was so displeased. So he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Six days. Uh, 
and this is kind of a, uh, shall we say, uh, this is kind of a, uh, a slight against Jesus, who supposedly was working on the Sabbath day. He says, so there are six days uh, uh, on which man ought to work. He says, so therefore, he says, um, he says, come on one of those six days and be healed. But don't come on the Sabbath day to be healed. It's like, you know, religious, it, it's, squirrely think, it's just squirrely thinking. It's just all messed up. So that's why we try to avoid religion as much as what we can, because it'll mess us up. All right? Uh, we are not into religion. We are into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is just, the, these two things are worlds apart. I know what people mean when they say, oh, you guys, you, you're religious. And, you know, what they mean is that you're sort of into things of faith and so forth. We understand that. But from us, as an inside sort of a deal, we say we avoid religion as much as what we can because it is of the devil. All right? So it goes on then to talk about uh, that, uh, that uh, he, Jesus answered him and said, Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? Now, this is significant. We are talking about covenant. He's, Jesus says, Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it. You see, Jesus was, had empathy on the woman. Uh, whether that 18 years came up in a conversation, uh, like, oh, how long has this been happening to you? Uh, or whether he knew it by the Spirit, we don't know. But the Bible says she had been doubled over for 18 years. Satan had her bound for 18 years. And he says, ought she not be loosed on the Sabbath? Now, notice the phrase there. Notice the phrase, being a daughter of Abraham. Now, what does that mean? It means that she's a daughter. She's a descendant of Abraham. And God had a covenant with Abraham and with all of his descendants. So the woman is a covenant woman. And she has been going to the synagogue probably Sabbath day after Sabbath day after Sabbath day and never did get healed. Probably even came during the week. Sabbath day, of course, is Saturday uh, and so forth. Never got healed. Uh, and now she comes. Here is Jesus. He calls her over. He gets her delivered. He gets her healed. And, you know, people with, with, with uh, spirits of infirmity, they need deliverance before they can, you know, get the, get the healing to manifest. Uh, uh, that's why sometimes when we pray for people, in some instances, we just, uh, we just just, you know, uh, you know, we just rebuke and cast out a spirit of infirmity and then we pray for healing. And, uh, you know, they used to say that if you're not sure, if you're not sure if there's a demon spirit there uh, behind a particular sickness or disease or any other condition for that matter, we used to say, if in doubt, cast it out. All right? If in doubt, cast it out. What does that mean? Well, if you cast the spirit out and there was none there, no harm done. But if it was there, you got it and you cast it out. So, so the woman is now able to receive her healing. All right? So she had a covenant with God. You see, God had made a covenant with Abraham um, and, uh, and with all of his descendants. Uh, and of course, she was a daughter of Abraham, going back in the lineage. Uh, that was her. That, that's her. Her family tree going right back to Abraham. Uh, and and whether she knew that she had a covenant or not, we're not sure. But Jesus knew. All right. Now, for you and I, you know, people are at various stages and in, in their journey with the Lord, and there's very, various levels of understanding or lack of understanding. You see, whether if you're born again, whether you know what a covenant is, uh, or whether you, you, you know what that means, 
God knows, all right? But we're trying to encourage everybody to know and understand that our God is a covenant-making God. He's a covenant-keeping God. And God takes this immensely serious, all right? Uh, and uh, so, so by inheritance... She had a covenant with God. And when we look at that covenant that God established, and there's various covenants throughout the Bible. See, God made a covenant with Noah that he wasn't going to flood the earth again. He put a sign in the sky called the rainbow, which is like, like the, the sign of the covenant. Uh, and there's various other covenants. So as I said, the whole teaching on covenant is very exciting. It's very powerful. Uh, and we ought to at least make an effort to understand the basis of it. Otherwise, each time when we share communion together and we talked about that last week, people don't realize, you know, that the emblems that they hold in their hand, it relates to a covenant. All right? We're in covenant with God Almighty. And the Bible tells us, that although there were many covenants that God made right up to the point when Jesus then sat down with his disciples towards the end of his life, and he says, he says take, he says, eat, this is, the, this is the bread of the new covenant. Drink of this cup, this is the new covenant. The book of Hebrews tells us that we, as born-again believers, we had a we have a better covenant established on better promises. So all the good things that have happened under previous covenants, we have a better covenant established on better promises. And the good thing is this, the good thing is this, that there were many promises and many covenant benefits included in previous covenants. God retained all of that and he added to it. God never takes anything out. God never takes away. God only gives. All right. Uh, and, of course, the book of uh, uh, Galatians tells us that we can get in on the blessing of Abraham, which is part of that covenant. So, so it's like there's multiple things going on that we haven't got time to uh, delve into every aspect of it. And I'm not even sure if I understand the half of it, but, but I'm making an effort to understand covenant more because uh, that's where a lot of faith comes from. It's understanding our covenant with God. You see? So here's what's interesting. Uh, uh, and again, it's in your outline. I thought I'd write that down because here is a, here is a, a, a very powerful understanding, I feel. You see, when in relation to this woman's healing and Jesus getting her delivered and laying hands on her to get her healed and straightened out, the ruler of the synagogue was thinking work. He was thinking work. Um, but Jesus was thinking, heal this woman. All right. The ruler of the synagogue was thinking, oh, that's effort. Like, oh, who can be bothered with getting people healed? It's like, just, you know, let's not bother with that. And, and, and if anything, let's do that during, during the work week because it's, you know, it, it's something, you know, it's, it's such an effort. But Jesus said, no, 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 it's no effort. Just bring her here and lay hands on her and get her delivered. When the ruler of the synagogue uh, looked at this whole thing, he was thinking rules. All right. But Jesus was thinking covenant. What rules were they? Well, the rules were that on, on Sabbath day you don't work. You can only work six days a week. On the seventh day it must be a day of rest. And of course, you know, we, we don't believe in, in, as Christians, we do not believe in the need for Christians to keep the Sabbath 
specifically, but we do believe in the Sabbath day principle. Uh, and of course, for us, as much as possible, Sunday has become the day of the Lord, that hopefully for many people, it is a day of rest. It is the day when we come together. As they went to the synagogue on a Saturday, we go to the church on a Sunday. All right, and, uh, and, and, and so, so he was thinking rules. There, there are rules here. Somebody got healed and uh, he, was, he was annoyed. They, th- this is outside the rules. Because the trouble is, they established those rules. I mean, God did say that uh, work was to be done on six days and uh, on uh, the seventh day, um, you know, was, was to be a rest. The interesting thing is when they looked through, the, uh, through the, what they call the Torah, the Old Testament, the law of Moses, they tell us there are 613 rules in there that were specific to that covenant, specific to that those group of people, which is the Jewish people, uh, by the time they finished interpreting those rules, you know, when the priests came along, the scribes, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they turned them into over 3,000 rules. They even specified how far you could go on a Sabbath day before it became, uh, you know, more than a rest. And so that's why when the Bible says a Sabbath day journey, it meant a specific distance that they specified, but God never specified any distance. So, you know, a religious mind is just a horrible thing. It's driven by the devil uh, to, to put people into bondage. So this guy is thinking rules, but Jesus is thinking covenant. Now, the ruler of the, of the synagogue was thinking to condemn. He's telling the people off. But Jesus was thinking to heal and to deliver somebody from bondage. And then finally, in that little list there, the ruler of the, st- of the synagogue was thinking, this woman is not good enough. But Jesus was thinking, the covenant woman needs to be healed. All right, I don't know about you, but I find that very powerful. Now, of course, we've already talked about the devil. We talked about religious people um, and how they are demon-inspired. Um, but here's what also happens. Sometimes our own thinking, when it comes to certain things, could be healing, could be prosperity, could be other things. Our thinking can somewhat get religious. And then when a call is made, um, oh, we're, we're praying for sick people, and then sometimes the religious mind tries to kick in and say, yeah, but, mm, you know, I didn't do too good this week, and God's not very pleased with me, uh, and no, I won't go up today. Uh, you know, I'll try to do better next week. And uh, then I'll go up, and then I get prayed for. Do, do you see what's what's happening? Uh, and uh, something. Oh, you know, I was up three weeks ago to be, get prayed for, and somehow things haven't been quite sort of worked out in terms of of my health. But I won't go up again. Uh, otherwise, people will think that uh, that uh, you know that uh, that I haven't got any faith. Uh, and, and you see, there's all of that thinking, and it's called religious thinking. As we will find out a little bit later on, there was another woman that got healed and she kept on coming. And she kept on coming and she wasn't going to be turned away until she had the healing, in this instance, for her own daughter. And Jesus called that great faith. So, you know, if you've already been prayed for and the breakthrough hasn't quite happened and you feel that you need another toast, come again. Because rather than the Bible calling it unbelief, the Bible calls it great faith. So we have another goal. Jesus prayed for somebody, 
that had lost their sight or born blind, I forget the specifics now, and Jesus prayed for him, and then he says, how's it going, or something to that effect. And the man said, well, he says, I see people walking around like trees, like, you know, like as, as, as it were, he had vision, but he was still very blur, blurry. So Jesus prayed for him again, and the second time around, he had perfect vision. So, you know, just don't be in bondage to anybody or to any thinking or to any religious thinking. If you feel you need another dose of the power of God, and you need somebody else to lay hands on you, then go for it. Hallelujah. The main thing is God wants you healed. He's a covenant God. All right. It's the devil that wants to keep people sick. (laughs) Praise God. Now, the whole area of covenant benefits, um, uh, including not only forgiveness of sins, but also including healing of the body. And here it is, Psalm 103. Uh, We talked about it before. Here in verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. You know, some of us have laid a hold of that scripture and other scriptures, and our declaration and our confession and our affirmation is that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. So don't use the word old. Uh, Don't use the word sick. Say, my youth is renewed like the eagles. We're getting stronger as time goes by. Hallelujah. We're not going the way of natural uh, aging and fading out and so forth. We're getting stronger and stronger. It's like Caleb of old, when he was 80 years old, he said to Joshua, he says, give me this mountain. He says, uh, at 80 years of age, he says, I'm as strong this day as I was 40 years ago. And at 80 years old, he's going into battle with his men to take the mountain and to rout the enemy and to clear out that space that they wanted to take over. So if you've got another mountain that you quite desire, whether that's a mountain of prosperity or a mountain of healing or a mountain of whatever it might be, get ready and go for it because our God wants to honor our faith. Hallelujah. So anyway, Psalm 103 is one of the Psalms of David. Uh, He's written multiple Psalms. This one has also been written by him. Uh, And in this instance here, David is speaking to his own soul. So here's David, the man. He speaks to his his own soul. And and he says, come on, soul. He says, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul. Uh, And all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now the question is, what benefits is he talking about? He's speaking about covenant benefits. That's what he's talking about. That is the language that he's using. And he knew that he was in covenant with God. God had specifically made an additional covenant with David. Uh, We touched on it briefly last week in regards to his descendants, uh, that there will always be uh, one of David's descendants on the throne in Israel. And of course, Jesus that's coming to take up the throne literally in Israel, he's also called the son of David. And that's a covenant thing. All right, this is not just some flippant statement. That is a covenant thing. Is it going to happen? Absolutely it will happen. Whatever God has committed himself to do, it will happen. All right. And uh, see, again, David was an offspring of Abraham and as an Israelite, by inheritance, he had 
a covenant with God. So he says to his own soul, come on, soul, don't forget all the good things that God has made available. He says, come on, soul, don't forget all God's benefits. What are they? Covenant benefits. And then he starts listing them. And the two things that I want to pick up on, uh, there's more, but uh, two things. The first thing he says, who forgives all your iniquities? What is iniquity? It's sins, where we break God's laws. Uh, he, he forgives all your iniquities. You see, God is the God of all, not just of some. God forgives all. And then he says, who heals all your diseases? So the two covenant benefits that he lists there, uh, one's forgiveness of sins, the other one is healing of the body. Who, who heals all of your diseases. God is the God of all, not just of some. Sometimes in People's minds, you know, we can sometimes categorize things. And, you know, we've said this before when somebody, you know, or ourselves might have a headache or something. They say, oh, you know, I'm sure that's easily fixable. We'll, we'll pray, you know, a headache. But when somebody's got, you know, a big incurable uh, thing, you know, incurable only exists in people's vocabulary. It does not exist in God's vocabulary. God does not know the word incurable. Because he cures all diseases. All right? So sometimes there's a bit of a hierarchy set up. You know, this is easy. This is hard. For, for God, it's all easy. All right? Um, and, uh, you know, we use the term healing and deliverance interchangeably in that context here, even though specifically there's differences. Uh, but, uh, again, it's recognizing and, uh, and, and, and realizing that uh, David is reminding himself of the covenant benefits of forgiveness of sins, of healing for the body. And that was under the old covenant. And you and I as believers, we have a better covenant established on better promises. And what's interesting too, here is in verse 4. I want to pick up on one other one because this kind of bears out what we're talking about. In verse 4, he says, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. What is that loving kindness deal here? You see, loving kindness, we were taught uh, that loving kindness comes from the Greek word hesed. Uh, and I might not be pronouncing it uh, uh, exactly right. And normally we don't do a Greek or a Hebrew lesson, but on this instance, I think it's good for us to know what that word is, hesed. And hesed is a covenant word. And hesed, uh, or hesed, however you pronounce that, is a word that speaks about loving kindness within the context of a covenant. And other translations, they translate it unfailing Covenant love, loyal love. You see, when we are loyal to somebody, we are still loyal to them. Even when they annoy us and tick us off, we are still loyal. All right. Why? Because we have a friendship with them uh, and we have a relationship. But the whole deal of covenant goes even way above that. God knows that he's in covenant with us. And you see, God's love for us and God's loving kindness towards us does not fluctuate and go up and down depending on how God feels on the day. Uh, it does not go up and down based on whim or on feelings because God does not operate on whim or on feelings. God operates on the basis of covenant and his covenant love is always there. It never changes. It is not based on your performance. It is not based on my performance. God's always there. He's always constant in his love, always constant in his loving kindness towards us. Why? Because it is based on covenant. All right. Does not fluctuate. And furthermore, God's willingness to heal us 
is not based on our performance, but it is based on his covenant commitment and on his covenant promises. All right? So I don't know about you, but I'm greatly encouraged by that. Let me quickly swing into the third point here, where Jesus heals the daughter of a non-covenant woman. Uh, and we say heal because we use the term uh, interchangeably, healing and deliverance. It is the same thing. The Bible says when, uh, when uh, you know, Jesus was finished with that situation, she was made whole, that girl was made whole. All right, so here in Mark chapter 7, verse 24, it says, from there Jesus arose, and he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and she fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon, uh, the demon out of her daughter. And then Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first. It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. And then he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter, and when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. What a powerful story. Here's another woman. Uh, in this instance, uh, Jesus didn't call her to himself. She came to Jesus. Whatever the case is, so long as we, you know, Jesus and us meet together um, so that healing can occur. But in this instance here, the Bible says that Jesus went to a to the Phoenician region, uh, the area of uh, two towns, two cities, Tyre and Sidon. They were major trading centers, very prosperous cities. Uh, they are located, and still there today, uh, they're located north of Israel proper in terms of the land mass on the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, and whilst we're not specifically told that, my sense is this, that uh, Jesus went up there for a break. Um, people do not realize the intensity of ministry when somebody is out there teaching, preaching, praying for people and so forth. And, and every now and then, Jesus wanted to pull back. But people heard where he was on his uh, sort of little break, as it were, and people kept on coming. And rather than shooing them away, he just kept on ministering to them. You know, there's a story. Uh, I used to uh, uh, follow the ministry um, um, follow the ministry, I listened to some of the messages of a, a man by the name of William Brenham, uh, a healing evangelist. How many of you have ever heard of William Brenham? Uh, some of you would have. William Brenham uh, was an evangelist, a healing evangelist. Uh, he later on got into, uh, stepped out of his office of an evangelist and stepped into a teaching ministry and, and got it all messed up because he wasn't anointed to teach. And so things went off the rail and, uh, and so forth. And so today I would not recommend that people sort of follow after that because unless you, you know the word and you know it well, you could get a little confused. But anyway, here's the story. Uh, this man is traveling around. I mean, the, the mirror that happened in this man's ministry was just phenomenal. It was just, there was a power that was flowing. He operated in the gifts. It was just powerful. And he worked and he was a man that was driven by great compassion. You see, Jesus was a man driven with great compassion. And the story goes that he went from crusade, from meeting, from revival meeting to meeting to meeting, and he traveled around and he got so worn out that in the end they said to him, he had to go home and take a break. And the story goes that when he arrived at home, they pulled up in the car and uh, you know he hadn't seen his family who knows for how long and uh, 
and he stepped out of the car and he walked towards the front door and on the front yard there was a tree and on the way towards the front door he stopped by the tree, he prayed for the tree as it, as it were, you know, he thought there was a person standing there, he was that messed up and that worn out and then he walked into the front door. So, so what we are saying here is that, you know, ministry can be very taxing. My sense is that Jesus went up to Tyre and Sidon to get a bit of a break but the Bible says he could not be hidden. All right, she had heard, uh, she had heard. Uh, how does faith come? It comes by hearing. She heard that Jesus was in town and she came to him. She was a Syro-Phoenician woman. The Bible calls her a Greek. Uh, uh, you know, they used to say uh, Israelites and Greeks. Whoever was not an Israelite was automatically a Greek in terms of citizenship, even though they were still the Romans. You know, the Bible then uses the term Jews and Gentiles. Uh, the Jews are the Jews, the natural descendants of Abraham, and the Gentiles are all the non-Jews all lumped together. Uh, and uh, so she was a, a, a Greek, um, a Phoenician woman by birth. What does that mean? She did not have a covenant with God. She wasn't a daughter of Abraham. All right. So she had no covenant to fall back on, as it were. Um, and, uh, and when she came to Jesus and she says, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. The uh, Bible says she had an unclean spirit. So we don't know what's happened to the little girl. Something's obviously gone wrong. A door was somewhere opened uh, to get a demon spirit into her life, and she was severely demon-possessed. We don't know exactly what that looks like. Uh, we can imagine, I suppose. Anyway, the mother was sufficiently concerned, and she somehow decided she was going to come to Jesus and start petitioning him to, get, to come to cast the demon out of the, out of the girl. And when she started to approach him, uh, uh, initially Jesus did not answer her at all. Uh, and because she kept on coming, it says, Lord, Lord. You know, she called him Lord, uh, even though she was a Canaanite woman. You see, the Canaanites, they tell us they were, uh, you know, into idol worship, into all sorts of things. Uh, but no matter what people's background is, she called him Lord. And suddenly it sort of shifts and changes everything. And later on the Bible says she worshipped him. Uh, and so these are all good things for us to remember when we come to, to Jesus for healing. That we call him Lord and we worship. become with a worshipful attitude. It opens uh, uh, the flow for the power of God to flow. And anyway, the, the, his, Jesus' disciples uh, got annoyed uh, because she kept on persisting and kept on coming. Uh, Jesus wouldn't answer her. They said to him, oh, just send her away. Uh, you know, she's, she's, uh, you know, she's pestering. She sent her away. So clearly the disciples had no compassion for her either. Uh, Jesus wasn't immediately answering her. But when he did answer, this is what he said. He said, he says, woman, he says, he, he, he says it, isn't, it is not right to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dog. So Jesus now uses a saying, a, a figurative uh, uh, way of describing that the children are the Israelites. And healing is the children's bread. And he says, it is not right that we take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And the dogs were basically, that was reference to people. Children are the Israelites, the dogs. Uh, it was not necessarily an, un, an unkind term, but it was just a, a, you know, f you know, something, a term that they used to Gentile people. Uh, and Jesus is now saying, he's saying, uh, the, the, the healing, the children's bread is, is uh, those who have a covenant with God, that's the Israelites. Uh, 
and we don't want to take that and throw that to, to the dogs. Um, and, uh, but it wasn't so much that Jesus tried to put her off. I, I kind of feel that he was kind of, kind of like uh, not so much testing her faith, but to see what the depth of her faith was. Because some people at that point say, I'm out of here. This meeting is not going well, and it's not meeting my needs. I'm now ticked off. He just caught me a dog. And yes, my daughter needs help. And yes, I know he can get it to me, but I'm hurt. This is about my feelings now. You see, but sometimes people in their religiousness, you know, they get, get all ticked off and then the power of God doesn't flow. You know, we need to keep our attitude right. Okay. Uh, and anyway, and she replied, uh, she said, true, Lord. Yes, what you're saying about the children's bread is correct. And yes, Lord, but the little dogs are fed of what falls off of the master's table. Just the crumbs. You see, healing and deliverance, it's, it's just the crumbs of the power of God. It, it's, not, it's not the full power. The full power, when God created the heavens and the earth and when he created mankind, but just to fix things up, it's just the crumbs is, is plenty. <laughs> All right? So, and, and of course, what Jesus was so impressed with this woman's reply, he said to her, in fact, there are two passages of Scripture where this story is described. One of them is in, in Luke's Gospel. The other one is in Matthew. In Luke, it is recorded here. He says, woman, for this saying, go your way, your daughter is healed. For this saying, woman, what you just said, that released the power of God. And what you just said was a faith statement and and for this saying, go your way, your daughter has been made well. And in Matthew, it tells us that Jesus actually said to a woman, great is your faith. Go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. She's been made whole. What's interesting uh, is we look at these instances and situations. We are told that there's only two instances where Jesus talked about somebody's great faith. One of them was the Syrophoenician woman. He said to her, woman, great faith. And the other one was the Roman centurion when he said to him, oh, great faith. And both of them were non-covenant people. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm amazed by that. Okay. We are the covenant people. We are supposed to be the ones that have got great faith. But you see, when religiousness sets in and gets into the church and gets into people's thinking, rather than strengthening faith, it weakens faith. And then kind of putting the power of God uh, 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 limited by our performance uh, and so forth, whereas the healing power of God is not limited by our performance. It is not based on our performance. It is based on the covenant that God has established, his covenant love is always there. His power is always there for us to receive and to draw on. His loving kindness is a covenant term. It is always there. God's mercies are new every morning. If you think you've failed God somewhere, just confess that sin and get it right. And then God's love is always there. His mercies are new every morning. They're new every day. Hallelujah. So yeah, just as a, as a an additional thought here as we wind down, and very shortly we will uh, call the worship team and then we'll pray for people, whoever wants, uh, 
you know, uh, uh, prayer and so forth. In Matthew 15, verse 24, Jesus answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's what he meant when he said, it, the, the, the healing, you know, the, the bread is for the children. He, he meant the Jewish people, all right, the covenant people. Um, and of course, Jesus' primary mission during his earthly ministry was towards the Jewish people. It was unusual for him to go outside of Israel proper. He went to Phoenicia, which was another region uh, still occupied by the Canaanites. Uh, and when Jesus went to Samaria, uh, there was another deal going on. They were kind of a mixed race, uh, uh, so to speak, yet Jesus went still out there and he still prayed pray for the woman there at the well and so forth. So, you know, God is not limiting himself to covenant or not covenant, but for those of us that are covenant people, we need to realize that there are benefits available for us today. And it is not in any way religious and God does not get offended when we come before him and say, God, you know, I have a covenant with you. And I'm here to receive one of the covenant benefits, whether that is healing, whether that is, is deliverance, whether that is, you know, to help us in our economic situation or whatever the needs are. We have a covenant with God, and God wants to honor that covenant every time. Uh, of course, in Jesus' death, he paid for the price of the salvation of all people, not just Jews, but everybody. So there's just a certain sequence uh, that God had ordained for uh, Jesus to go through. And actually in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, just to bear that out, it says, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. He says to the Jews first and also for the Greek. Everyone who believes. All right. The gospel is for everybody, but they started with the Jews. That was the sequence to take the gospel. The Bible says Jesus came unto his own, but his own did not receive him. Um, and so forth. And so when the Jews, by and large, rejected Christ, rejected as the Messiah, rejected the gospel, then it opened up the door for uh, the Gentiles to be called to salvation uh, and so forth. So again, the Syrophoenician woman did not have a covenant God uh, with God, but God healed her anyway. All right, so I'm, I don't want anybody to kind of uh, limit ourselves by what we are talking about, that healing is in the covenant, whether you have a covenant with God, uh, uh, if you're born again, or, 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 or if you're not born again yet, you, Jesus is not your Lord, you know, healing is still available for everybody. And this is kind of the, the, the summary of it, uh, so to speak, that uh, Jesus called the covenant woman who had back trouble, he called her to himself. All right. There's a kind of a deal where Jesus, uh, whether the woman knew she had a covenant, he called her. The, the, the Syrophoenician woman, she came to Jesus, all right? But regardless, so long as there is a, a, an encounter with Jesus so that healing can occur. And God wants everybody healed, whether that's Jew or Gentile or otherwise uh, and the final thought there, we've already touched on it before, in Matthew 15, verse 28, Jesus said to the woman who kept on coming, and she wasn't going to take no for an answer. She did not respond to the initial silence of Jesus. Uh, Jesus said to her, woman, great is your faith. Go your way. Your daughter has been healed. So we're going to 
wrap up now the, the message and uh, if you're heart stirring and you want some prayer in, in any area whatsoever, most certainly for healing, but anything else that's going on, uh, we would love to pray for you and uh, perhaps if we can have the worship team coming up and let's just uh, close with a couple of worship songs and remember that uh, the people that came to Jesus, they called him Lord. Uh, uh, and it's important that everybody calls Jesus Lord. If he is not your Lord yet, don't leave this house until you've accepted him as your Lord and as your Savior. And they came to worship him. Let's, let's learn to worship Jesus so that the power of God can flow. And uh, God does not want anybody unwell or sick or bound. He wants everybody free. He wants everybody well. He wants everybody delivered. Thanks for watching Victory Christian Center. For more content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or you can subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify, iTunes or Google Podcasts. Check out our website at victory.net.nz. We'll see you again soon.